Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Hey, it's great to be back. Great to be back in the house and back with, you know, our church family. And we had a great time with our family away. Um, you know, our, our six children and, uh, well, three and three spouses, you know. Um, I saw you all look at Anne then and thought, oh, six kids. Um, no, and uh, eight grandchildren, which is uh, pretty amazing. And who knows, you need a holiday after a holiday with eight grandchildren. Uh, they are, it was awesome. We just, so thank you for the team who looked after the house, stepped up, and, um, you know, I heard great reports um, while I was away. I, uh, I popped into our friend uh, Pastor Ash Good up at Kiwana at Life Church. And uh, popped in and seen him. See, I still go to church on holidays, you know. Uh, I'm addicted. I can't help it. And uh, so Ashley, his wife, was, was preaching. And she, um, she spoke um, uh, about a decade of declaration. And apparently in the Jewish calendar, in some way, however they do that, that the last decade was about the eyes, about seeing. And this new decade, 2020, that we're in now, um, apparently is about the mouth, which is about declaration. And I just couldn't get that word out of my heart. I'm, you know, you're speaking right down my alley. So I, I sort of, uh, you know, went over and over this, this message. Um, I woke up one morning on holidays and I just, I had to type some things down in my phone and thought, flip, I've got to wait weeks to actually preach this. Um, but, you know, here it is. And uh, let me tell you what declaration means uh, in the dictionary. It tells us uh, to, be, to make known, especially in formal terms, or to state officially as in a proclamation. That's what declaration means. Now, in Genesis, we know that God created the earth and everything in it, mankind as well, and it all started with a declaration. In verse 3 of chapter 1, it says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. And if you look through the whole chapter of creation there, you see that every time God said, something was created. And um, incredibly powerful. Obviously, God had a dream. Obviously, he had a, a plan in his mind about you know, this amazing creation that he built. But it wasn't until he started to declare it that things actually came to pass. And I want you to catch this revelation today. I, I've been sitting on it for weeks. I want you to catch it today because if you've been around highway long enough or any length of time, really, you would have heard this phrase that you can have what you want, you just have to build it. Who's heard that? Two of you. I've been here 25 years and nobody listens. Is that what you're telling me? I, ha I thought that was the case, but now you've confirmed it. You can have what you want, you just have to build it. See, so many people live with a dream of a better life, but nothing ever changes because they only think about it. They don't start declaring it. See, when you declare it, you step up to the plate. 
when you declare it, when you make a formal declaration, a proclamation about my life is going to change from this day forward, who knows that you cross the line? Amen? Not just thinking about how good it would be. No, no, I'm going to do something about it. That's what a declaration does. Powerful. You get to that point, you know, when enough's enough. The best thing to do is make a declaration and build something better. Build something better. Three things I, I guess is you're going to have to do when declaration takes hold. You know, I looked at uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17 with David and Goliath, and um, I'm using, uh, you know, that, that encounter that David had with Goliath as our illustration today, the first thing is you've got to change your posture. You're going to make a declaration, you've got to change your posture. In verse 45 of, of verse, uh, chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, um, it says this, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I have come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Now many, you know, would know the story of David and Goliath. You know, the, the Philistines were camped at one part of a valley and, and uh, you know, the people of God were camped at the other. And every day, this guy called Goliath, this mountain of a man, would come out and he would taunt the army of Israel. He would taunt and say, come on, come on, give me your best man. Bring him out, bring out your best guy and I'll take him on, then winner take all. Every day he would come out and begin to intimidate the people of God. And we know that it worked very well. It paints the picture of that he was the aggressor and they were the victims. And it's very clear in verse 11 of chapter 17 because it says, On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Dismayed and terrified. So this one guy comes out and he starts to make his declaration. Amen. He's making his declaration about what's going to happen. And of course, they're all, they're all just terrified. They're hiding in the rocks. David shows up and changes the posture of God's army. He turns the tables from victim to aggressor. How dare you come against us? As a voice begins to rise, something says, how dare you? Wait a minute. I've been a victim too long. Do you know who my heavenly father is? Do you have any idea of the power that he has? And you dare to come against me, uh, come against God's purposes for my life? See, as soon as you start to declare, you start to, to build something better, and all of a sudden your posture changes. See, the posture of a victim is that one bowed over, you know, hunched over, hiding in the rocks. Oh, you know, no way we can do this. It's never going to happen for me. No. No, you change your posture. 
It's incredibly powerful when you do that. You change your posture from victim to aggressor. And, and what happens is oxygen starts to get into your lungs. You start to stand up and begin to declare something. And oxygen starts, your blood starts to flow. Oxygen gets to your brain. And isn't that a good thing? Who needs oxygen in their brain? Annie will tell you the story in ICU when, because I had a heart attack, a, a, a cardiac arrest, and my heart stopped, your blood's not pumping oxygen to your brain, and of course they're worried about brain damage. And she said, no, he's always been like that. <laughs> yeah, but. Of course they were very worried. Lucky she was there. <laughs> we need some oxygen in our brain, Amen. So you're hunched over in fear and trembling. Your lungs are crushed. You're bowed over. You're the victim. It's too tough. It's too hard. But you change your posture. And you begin to arise and stand in the plan and purpose that God has for your life. You become the aggressor. And the circumstance becomes the victim. Amen? Is that good news today? You bet it is. Change your posture. Don't, don't let circumstance suck the oxygen out of your lungs. Galatians 5.1, listen to what this says. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. Don't sit down, hunched over, beaten. No, stand firm. Stand firm then. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Come on, don't be a slave to that circumstance anymore. It is not your master. He is. Amen? Jesus Christ is our master. And because of that, we're free. We're not in slavery to that situation, that circumstance. It may not change, but I have. Why? Because I've got a different posture. I've got a different posture. People will look at you after this message and go, gee, I hardly recognise you. Are you the same person? No, because no, I'm declaring something different. Amen? Change your posture. Get up and declare that you're not the victim, that you are the aggressor. You change your posture and then you change the narrative. You change the narrative. Look at verse 46. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the, the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Wow, what a powerful, powerful statement. A far cry from verse 11, yes? A far cry from verse 11 where the Israelite army are dismayed and terrified because of this aggressor, because of this situation, because of this circumstance that's come against me. I love the transition. Have a look at verse 11. Have a look at verse 11. It says here, 
On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. I love verse 12. I love the beginning of verse 12. It says, now David, what? On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. But David, the son of an Ephraim named Jesse, was like, what? What changed? We, we were just focused upon the destruction of the armies of Israel, this apocalyptic event that was going to wipe out their whole nation by the Philistine armies. And then, but David, totally changed the narrative. The story was heading in one direction, but David, a son of an Ephraimite named Jesse, like, what? How did that get in there? What, what's this all about? You know, I was preparing this message and I, I got to that point and I saw such a revelation. I, I really felt the Spirit of God, you know, was talking to me and talking to people here today that when it gets to this point in the message, you've got to start putting your name in there. Like all of this apocalyptic story, all of this negative story, all of this story that's been against me, circumstance, situation. But Byron changed the narrative, changed the story. That story's finished now. We've got a new story now. We've got a proclamation going on. We've got a different posture about us at the moment. We're going to change what was into what we needed to be. Amen? That's how it works. You've got to change the narrative. It's a declaration that my, my story is going to change. Yeah, that's the way it's always been. And yes, I've made a few mistakes. And yeah, I've gone round the mountain one more time. But Colin, but Trevor, but Kathy, but Nancy... Total change in the narrative. It's a different story now. If you want to build something better, you, you cannot go on doing the same thing and hoping it's going to change because it won't. You can't keep reliving that story because it won't change until but David... The narrative changed for me when I found that God was real. I was just a person that was really on a self-destruct course, to be honest. Somebody told me about Jesus. Somebody persisted in telling me about God because I didn't want to know. I was very happy destroying myself, or so I thought. But then the narrative changed when I said yes to God. My story changed when I said yes to God. It's been the same over the last 40 years as a believer now. 
when the story of my life starts to veer off a few degrees, and it happens from time to time. I have to reaffirm my declaration. Reaffirm my declarations. Change my posture. And change the narrative back to the plan and purpose of God for my life. And then number three, you've got to change your approach. Change your approach. Look at verse 47. It says, all those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give all of you into our hands. David had this in the right balance, in the right perspective. He understood a very important thing that that first the battle is spiritual. First the battle is spiritual. Then we go after the natural. We get our alignment with God first. We get our heart right, our heart clean before God first. We get in the right place so we don't have our agenda, but we have a God agenda. We line that up first and then we go after the natural. And it must fold every time. It must fold. They work hand in hand, faith and wisdom. Faith and wisdom, faith and wisdom, hand in hand all the time. David's challenged Goliath knowing his faith was in the Lord, but he also took five stones in a sling. See the balance. The slings in that weren't plan B, they were part of the whole deal. David made a declaration of the lordship of of God that day. He knew that God was on his side, but he also needed wisdom to pull it off. Needed wisdom to pull it off. In verse 38, King Saul dressed David in his armour, in Saul's armour. Didn't fit, was oversized, was cumbersome, was, was uncomfortable, was, he couldn't operate that way. Wasn't appropriate for David. He needed to go with what he knew best and trust God for the rest. You know, I've seen people over time swing the pendulum far, you know, to the left or right. They swing that pendulum too far. Some get so faith-focused, so super spiritual about things and never do anything. You know, it's all about God. You know, God's going to, you know, God is going to go. No, God's waiting for you to get off your butt and make it happen. And he'll back you all the way. He'll back you. And then you get the other side where people really never even inquire of God. God doesn't even get a look in. Because they've got their own abilities. They've got their own strengths. They want to do it their way. I want this, so I'm going to make it happen. The problem with that is that if it all falls apart, we blame God. Amen? Or the church. Just go quiet for a moment. Have a sealer, have a pause. Sort of let it soak in. 
true. Listen to what James says in chapter 2, verse 21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. Amen? We have to change our approach. You see, declaring faith is not compensation for bad choices. Amen? We can have all the faith in the world, but if we do dumb stuff, we're going to pay a price. And that's not God's fault. got to be teachable, folks. See, if we're teachable, we're not worried about our agenda. We just want his agenda. It's easy to be teachable then because it doesn't matter to me which way it goes because I'm just doing what pleases him. But see, if I push my agenda and you tell me something that doesn't fit with what I want, I'm not going to do it. I'm unteachable. That makes sense? Now, it's cool if you're right, but devastating if you're wrong. And we blame God. Yes, I did it for the Lord, but he never asked you to. I was doing it for you, Jesus. I was serving you, Jesus. Yeah, but that wasn't what I wanted you to do. Because you never asked me. Amen? If you're going to build something better, and we all want that, don't we? This declarative of proclamation, declaration. We want something better. Exercise your faith in God, but also seek the wisdom of God. Because when you put the two together, it will work. It will work. You will succeed. Days will be great. You bet. And you know what? You're going to even be happier. So if it's not working for you today, you're not happy with where you're at. Make a declaration. Change your posture. Change the narrative. And change your approach. You might be sitting here today and, and uh, you're not happy with the way your life is going. Change your story and say yes to God. Work for me. Change your story and say yes to God. Some of you sitting here today really don't have that relationship with God where you can you get this or you understand this, what I'm saying. Say yes to God, begin the journey and watch it all fall into place. That's how it works. And provided you keep adjusting the degrees and keep on the path that he has for you, 
couldn't get a better life. Let me pray for you today. Father, in this house, in this new decade, 2020, this decade of declaration, Father, we, we just draw that line in the sand. We just position ourselves to say we're no longer the victim, but we're the aggressor because we have the victory. Slaves have no aggression. They're victims. But a free man can take control of whatever he wants to. In his own life, we pray. Father, touch each one today. Let us rise. Give us oxygen in our lungs, in our brain. Amen. Amen. That's good. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning.